Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Elijah. We were looking at some of the heroes of the Bible over the summer, and this morning we're going to look at a man called Elijah. We're going to hear a lot about him. We're going to talk to our kids. We're going to talk to our adults as well this morning. We, we see a scripture in the book of James, and it says, Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Now, many times we read about some of the people that God used in the Bible, and we get the idea that there's some kind of spiritual giant or superhuman people. They're they're larger than life. And uh, some of them did some really incredible things that we read about, some miracles that would really blow us away. And a miracle is, is when God does something that is contrary to nature. It's a miracle. It's above. And we get the idea that, you know, we could never do anything like that. How many of you woke up this morning and says, I'm a spiritual giant and God's going to do a miracle in my life today? How many of you said that when you woke up this morning? How many of you could barely open your eyes when you got up this morning? (laughs) See, that's the reality of it, where we see ourselves as we're just us. Nothing special, we're just us. And we think that these people in the Bible we read about must have walked around with halos on their heads or something like that. But we're going to see today that there's something that sets some people apart from others, but underneath, we're all exactly the same, with the same opportunities and the same problems. So we're going to go back to 1 Kings chapter 17, uh, where this scripture is talking about. And we're going to start in verse 1. Now, we're going to see six miracles that God did through Elijah through this, this portion of scripture. And the first verse of chapter 17 says, Now, Elijah the Tishbite. Now, Tishbite, that just merely means that that's where he came from. That's his town. Like we would, we would say that, you know, uh, this is uh, Sabrina from St. Catharines. That's how we would say it. Now, Elijah was a Tishbite uh, from Gilead and, and said to Ahab. Now, Ahab was a really, really bad king. He says, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Imagine that. No rain for three and a half years. It almost feels like Niagara Falls. It can be pouring rain on the skyway, and we don't get a drop in Niagara Falls. We, we, we drove through rain where it was raining so hard the other day that my son had the wipers going full blast. And by the time we got to my garden, it was dry. All I want to know is which one of you is praying Elijah's prayer? When you knock it off. <laughs> Miracle number one, the rain stopped. And it says it's not going to start again until I say so. Three and a half years, there was no rain. Can you imagine three and a half years? That's a long time. For some of you, that's half as long as you've been alive. And he says, no rain, and, and, but there was, you see, 
He didn't come up with this idea all on his own. He listened to God, and God wanted to teach this evil king a lesson. So miracle number one, the rain stopped. There was no dew, no rain, just dry dust. But there's a problem, is that no water also affected Elijah. What was he going to do? I think he probably would have been tempted somewhere along the line to say, okay, we're going to have a little bit of rain right here. But he didn't do that. And so God says, okay, what I want you to do is I want you to go down to the brook Cherith. I want you to go to this little stream of water, and I want you to camp out there. And Elijah says, but I don't have anything to eat. God says, I'll look after that. And we're going to see miracle number two. You see, uh, it says that, see, when you, when you trust God, when you obey God, you can trust him with the details. And from verses 2 to 6 of chapter 17, the Bible tells us that God told Elijah to go camp and that God would send him food in the morning and at the night with ravens, the crows, and he could drink the clean water from the brook. Now, my friend John just came back from visiting Northwest Territories and the Yukon, and he was up in the Arctic Circle. I don't think he saw Santa Claus. He was up there, but John, you told me that you saw something up there. What'd you see? Ravens. Lots of ravens. Lots of ravens, the ravens and crows. Now, how big were they? They're about two feet long, and the wingspan is about four feet long. Wow. Now, how, how big, how big were, their, were their mouths? Probably carry a Big Mac. Carry a Big Mac in their mouth. Any of you kids named Mac? Oh, it could carry off a rabbit. Now, how many of you ever watched seagulls down by the water? How many have ever watched seagulls? Let me ask you a question. Do seagulls share their food? What do they do? They fight. And if someone else says something they want, they'll take it from them. So you know what God did? God did miracle number two where he said to these ravens that are like seagulls, I'm going to give you meat and bread to bring to my servant, and you don't eat it. You're going to give it to him. You imagine that? Elijah had his food flown in. Every morning and every night, God was supplying him with meat and bread, and he was able to drink the water that God gave him in the brook. So that was miracle number one, the rain stopped. Miracle number two, God fed him with the ravens. See, even the birds of the air have to obey what God has to say when he says it. Well, eventually the water in the brook dried up. Why? Well, because it hadn't rained. And, you know, even Niagara Falls, if it doesn't rain at some point, will dry up. I know that's hard to believe, but it could happen. And, and the, the water dried up. And so God said to Elijah, says, Here's, I want you to go to a town called Zarephath. Now, there's a lady there who doesn't have a husband. Her husband has died. She has a son. I've spoken to her heart already. You go and talk to her, and she's going to look after you. Okay, because God wasn't done teaching Ahab a lesson. And so he says, here, I want you to do that. 
So Elijah obeyed God. And when he gets there, he meets a woman who is gathering a few sticks to make a little fire. And she tells him why. She's, he says, can you give me a, a little bit of water in a jar that I can drink? So she goes and gets him a little bit of water. And he says, oh, by the way, can you also give me a little something to eat? And she looks at him, and she tells him the reason why she's gathering sticks. She says, sir... I only have just a little bit of flour in my bin and a little bit of oil to mix it with. I'm going to mix it up, everything that we have. I'm going to prepare it with these still sticks and a little fire. I'm going to make a a last little meal for me and my son, and then that's all the food we have, and so we're just going to lay down and wait till God takes us home. And you know what Elijah says? He doesn't say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, my goodness. What terrible. You know what he says? Make me a little cake first. Now, that kind of, on the surface, sounds a little bit selfish, doesn't it? She says, I've got almost nothing. And he says, well, let me have some first. And you know what? God had already spoken to this woman's heart because Scripture says that God says, I prepared a woman for you. And so what she does, she makes Elijah a little cake, and he eats it. And you know what? She looks in the bin, and there was still more flour in there. She looks in the, in the, the, the jar of oil, and there was still a little bit of oil in there. So she says, wow. So she makes up some food for her and her son, and they eat. And supper time, she goes and looks in the bin and says, well, I thought that was empty. There's still more in there. And she looks in the jar of oil and says, well, there's some in here too. And you know how many times she did that? She did that every morning and every night until God sent rain back on the earth. Now, we don't know how many days that was, but God did miracle number three where he made the, the bin of flour always have something in it. And the, the little bottle of oil always had just enough to mix it up. Now, I bet you her son didn't say, hey, mom, what's for dinner? Oh, I don't like that. You know, they were just glad to have anything. And they were so thankful that God had provided even a little bit for them to eat. And the, and the Bible says, miracle number three, that this food lasted until the, the, the drought was over and God sent rain back on the earth. Well, here we're going to, Come to miracle number four. I tell you, this is, this, is a, this is a guy. This guy had a lot of things happening to him. And miracle number four, there was one day when this, this lady's son got really sick. In fact, he got so sick that he died. And she was heartbroken. And, and she, she goes to Elijah the prophet and says, Why? Have, why have you, you allowed my son to be taken? You know, why is this happening? And, and Elijah says, take the boy and put him up in my room. And Elijah goes, and you know what he does? He talks to God. He goes and he talks to God and says, God, I really need your help here. And it says, the Bible says he stretched himself out three times over this boy and prayed. And then finally the little boy sneezed 
and God gave him his life back. He brought him back to life, and Elijah was able to take this boy down and say, here's, here, lady, here's your son. God gave him back to us. So far, we've seen that God is God over the rain. God is God over the birds of the air. God is God over the, the, the supply of, of meal and, and oil. God is the God over life and death. Wow. All these things are happening in Elijah's life. And you know what she says? She says, now I know that you're a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. Now, in the New Testament, there's a lot of times when Jesus did miracles. And the reason he did that was so that people would understand the truth of what the Bible says and what, what Jesus is and who God is. And he would always teach them a biblical principle when he would do a miracle. Elijah cried out to God. See, now here's four miracles in the story of Elijah, but there's still some incredible stuff coming. Because now it was time for Elijah to go and talk to this evil king. Now remember, the king was really mad at Elijah. And you know why? He didn't have any rain. He said to the king, it's not going to rain until I say so. And you know what? The king wanted to kill him. But that wouldn't have been a good idea. Because if Elijah says it's not going to rain until I say so, and the king kills Elijah, then who's going to say so? Doesn't that make sense? Yes. <laughs> so, Elijah tells King Ahab, tell you what, we're going to have a contest. He says, you get all of your evil prophets together on top of Mount Carmel, and I will challenge them to see if their false god can answer their prayers with fire, or if my god, the god of Israel, can answer with fire. And Elijah challenges the people. Abby wrote, 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 read about the, the challenge that was there. So there, here they were. And he says, how long will you waver between the two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. He says, but the people said nothing. And you know, folks, that's the same question we have today. If the Lord is God, then we need to follow him. But if this world and the evilness of this world is God, then follow that, but make up your mind. We don't need to waver between the two. I'm glad that today we believe that the Lord, he is God. And we've got his word to stand on. So here we are. 450 prophets of Baal and Elijah. Now, how many have had, ever had a tug of war? Okay. Now, supposing there was 450 guys on this side and one on this side. Who do you think would win? In the natural, it would be these guys, right? You know, uh, unless it was, uh, you know, a big, strong guy like, uh, like you know, uh, Tim down here. He, he, he would just pull them right over, I'm telling you. They would, they would be all dragged through the mud. But 450 of them, and here's what this says. He let them go first, so what did they? they chose the animal that they wanted to sacrifice. 
And they started to call out to their God, and they danced around and hit themselves all morning and all afternoon, and, and nothing happened. Well, of course not, because their God was false. Psalm 135 says, The idols of the heathen are silver and gold, the work of men's evil hands. They have eyes and they see not, ears they hear not, neither is there any breath in their mouth. And in fact, Elijah started to make fun of them. He says, maybe you can call louder. Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he's gone on a long journey. And he just started to make fun of them. Well, then it was Elijah's turn. Here's what he did. And here we're going to see miracle number five. First, he made an altar to God with 12 stones, one for each of the tribes of Israel. Then he cut up the wood and the animal for the sacrifice, and then he dug a ditch around it. Why did he do that? I'm glad you asked. What's this? There's a water jug. Now, this is a little one. This only holds one gallon, roughly. Sort of, kind of. But the jugs they had back then would hold between 20 and 30 gallons of water. So, imagine, we're going to fill this how many times to fill that, that jug? 25, 30, 40 times, however many, right. All right, how many think that's a lot of water? If I filled this and dumped it over someone's head, do I have any volunteers? All right, so so we take about 30 of these and fill them with water, and we dump it all over the wood and the sacrifice and the stones. And after we've done it, 30 of these, he says, do it again, and do it again, and do it again. He did it, he had, he had four water pots, and he had them filled three times, so that's 12 big water pots, so that's 12 times 30, that's 360 of these jugs he poured over the sacrifice. How many of you ever tried to light a fire when the wood was really wet? It does not work. Now, this entire sacrifice was totally saturated. Now, what's interesting about that? What was one of the most precious substances in the land at that time? Water. It hadn't rained for three and a half years. There had been no rain for three and a half years. And Elijah says, I want you to take the most precious thing you have because we're gonna, that's going to be part of our offering to God. He says, and he began to pour it out over top of the sacrifice, so, so much so that it, it made everything soaking wet and it totally filled the ditch that he dug around it. And then what's he do? He did the thing that makes a difference between an ordinary person and a spiritual giant. He prayed and trusted God. And he prays. He looks up to heaven and he says, 
Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. And the next verse says, And the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dirt, and it even licked up all of the water in the trench. God did that from heaven, and everybody was watching it. This proved who the real God was, and the people cried out that our God was a true God. Well, Elijah then gets rid of all of these false prophets, and then he tells, goes to the king and says, King, you better get yourself ready, because it's going to rain. Somebody says, if you ever pray for rain, carry an umbrella. Miracle number six. And with this, we're going to finish up today. Then Elijah and his servant go on the top of Mount Carmel. Elijah bows down and prays and sends his servant up the hill to take a look. His servant's name was Gehazi, okay? And so uh, Elijah's there praying. He's got his... He's, he's bent way down, and I can't bend way down, so just pretend, okay? He's bent way down, he's praying, he says, Gehazi, go and take a look. And Gehazi runs up to the top of the hill, and he says, what do you, what do you see? I don't see anything. He comes back, and says, what'd you see? Nothing. No, go again. Oh, okay. What do you see? Nothing. Go again. Mm-hmm. Seven times he sends him back up the mountain to the top of the hill, take a look. And the seventh time he says, what do you see? Well, I see a little cloud the size of a man's hand rising up out of the sea. And Elijah says, that's all I need to hear. You go tell the king, you better get on the move because it's going to rain. And you better get going. And it's going to rain. Oh, folks, you know, when you pray for God for rain, you just better get ready. Because when he sends rain, he sends rain. The Bible says that it rains so hard that he could scarcely get going in his chariot. And he girds up his, his robe, he tucks it in, he starts to run. And the Spirit of the, of the Lord came on Elijah and he outran the chariot. He got there first. And there's so much rain. So what does this tell us? You would think that Elijah was such a real spiritual giant. But the next chapter tells us that when he knew the queen was angry with him and wanted to kill him, that he was afraid and went and hid in a cave. And you know what he says, God? Well, you might as well just take me home because I'm no good. He was feeling sad. He's feeling depressed, even though God had used him such in a powerful way. That brings it right down to where we are. It says that he was a man with a nature like ours. And every one of us have gone through that. We've gone through our spiritual highs. We've gone through our spiritual lows. 
We've gone through times when we feel we're on top of the mountain. We've got to go through times we feel like the mountain's on top of us. Well, what makes the difference? It says he prayed earnestly. He prayed really, really hard. See, God can use ordinary people like you and me if we'll only do what he asks us to do. Remember what we started with in the book of James. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So I want to tell you, folks, every one of us today can be an Elijah because God hasn't changed. If we choose to obey God and allow him to use us to do his work. So the miracles didn't come from Elijah. They came from God. And he worked through this man Elijah, and he can work through every one of us if we let him. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that this morning? I'll leave the rest of you to God. God bless. Thank you for listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.